When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. You can go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today to pick up everything you need for this golf season. We are right in the thick of things. People are going out. I'm playing bad golf this year, but you know what? I've got the best gear because I can go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com. You like like how I kind of tied that in there? Nice. Go out there and get everything you need. Tell them I sent you. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics Golf. You guys know I've been playing their brands throughout the entire year, and actually for the last few years. Really loving the ZX line. Need to get my golf game back on track, though. I gotta tell you, it's not the equipment. It's definitely me. But luckily, I know that I've got the gear that I need to get back on track. Srixon, Cleveland, Zegzio, Asics Golf. Go check them out. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back, folks. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can look me up on social media at Golf Unfiltered and send me an email, Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. Tell me your thoughts on things. I love it when my uh, my listeners send me a quick note. Special shout out to, uh, you know, friend of the show, Rick, who always uh, has a thought or two about some of the topics that we have. Really appreciate you reaching out, and uh, I invite everyone else to as well. So uh, it's just going to be the two of us, me and you, this week, folks. I'm going to do more of these episodes because I really enjoyed, uh, you know, touching base with everyone, just kind of one-on-one, so to speak, or one-to-many, on a few topics regarding old and new media a couple weeks ago. Got some really good feedback from that, as I mentioned, uh, a couple shows ago. We've got some nice interviews coming up as well, so you'll be getting that good mixture of just one-on-one talk like you're going to get today, as well as those interviews with brands and other personalities in the game. I feel it's... uh, it's a good, good little change in scenery, so to speak, for a little while here as we get deeper into the golf season. A lot of stuff going on over here at GU headquarters. As you know, we have partnered with Chicago Golf Tour this year. Really cool amateur golf tour that uh, has three neighborhoods in the Chicagoland area, the north, south, and west. I play on the, the south tour with a few friends of mine. And I uh, have had the chance to meet a few good people, too. I mean, it's really nice to get out and, uh, you know, meet some people of of different viewpoints, of different player abilities. And the way that the tours are set up is you can actually play in different flights. Uh, I'm in the B flight, and uh, it doesn't matter what flight you're in. You can still play, you know, get paired up with one another. So that's really good. You get to see different levels of play as well. Um, And so we've got another tournament coming up this week. We're going to be over at Glen Woody. Never been there. It's in Glenwood, Illinois. I've heard uh, many things, particularly about a, uh, I think it's hole 16, I've been told, is one of the hardest holes in Illinois. So uh, I look forward to making a huge number on that hole. Uh, Hopefully I I don't. But uh, I would really like some good weather. You know, I think I've played in maybe four events now on the tour, and there hasn't been a single time where we haven't had either just insane amounts of wind 
or just horrible playing conditions. That's no excuse. No excuse for poor play. There are plenty of people that have played well in similar conditions. I'm not saying that. My golf game needs to get back on track a little bit, as I mentioned in the ad reads at the beginning. But man, I would just like just a calm day so I can take that that mental block out of there. But uh, anyway, it's it's a fun time to play on the tour. And uh, the founder, Tom Tassoni, was on the show uh, a couple months ago now at the time of this recording, and he uh, was able to outline everything. So go out to shygolftour.com to learn a little bit more. Uh, also, quick plug for our friends. Uh, well, I'm involved in it, so come over to secondcitygolf.com. Why don't you? It's myself. It's Bill Bush over at drivingrangeheroes.com. And then Chris McEwen, he is of the, uh, he's the host of the Golf Origin Stories podcast, as well as a co-host along with Bill of the That Range Life YouTube show, a show sometimes about golf you can find on Chris's YouTube channel. So we're going to touch on a couple topics today, uh, the first of which is something that has been, if you've been following on golf Twitter, it's just one of the most insane stories regarding, you know, this whole relationship with golf and COVID that uh, is unfolding in Ontario, Canada. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not in that province, uh, you know, here in the United States. I, we, we are dealing with our own issues as it relates to COVID and people following the rules and what golf courses can do and all that. But it's a really weird dynamic now because in Ontario, Canada, and I'm paraphrasing here, just going off of what reporters like Adam Stanley, who's a great follow on uh, Twitter, he's a uh, reporter uh, up in Canada, um, they are still not playing golf in that province. And uh, from my my understanding, based on what I can decipher from uh, what I'm reading, uh, there's been many meetings, there have been many attempts by golf courses to open to allow people to play. And by the way, To the best of my understanding, all throughout the rest of Canada, you can play golf, except in Ontario. The reasoning behind this, and again, paraphrasing, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, I'm going to bring up the exact quote here so I can read it to you, Uh, long and short of it, folks, is that he is saying the extended stay-at-home order in that province uh, to at least June 2nd is essentially due to his belief that golfers are drunks. <laughs> now, those aren't his words. I'm putting them, uh, putting a little bit uh, of my own alliteration on there. But basically, his quote is this. I get it from both sides. Some docs say, no, we have to limit mobility and stay at home. I talk to my buddies. I know what happens. They pick up another buddy, two or three. They go out. They go golfing. There's nothing wrong with golfing. The problem is the mobility. Okay, so just to pause here, what he's basically saying is that because people take part in the social aspect of the game there's no way to i I assume mitigate any spread of the virus which of course as you guys know and you follow me on social i'm a pretty staunch supporter of doing everything you can to stop this damn virus but he goes on to say uh then after golf they go back they have a few pops (laughs) that's the problem so again basically he's saying that golfers are drunks uh and they can't be trusted uh, and then, he, you know, there's a, a lot more within the uh, the quote here, uh, again, provided by Adam Stanley. You can follow him at Adam underscore Stanley. Um, we're just asking people, I understand. The weather is nice. Everyone wants to get out. I'd love to go. I'd love to get out golfing. I'm a terrible golfer, which nobody cares about that. But I'd love to get out golfing. But right now, the ICUs are still at risk. So not knowing the entire health situation in Ontario, granted, if hospitals are being overrun if there's a you know all the things that you hear every time you watch the news then you know let's let's take some steps 
to enforce things so that we can get those rates down a little bit, right? Golf, at least over here in America, and trust me, regardless of where you stand on this whole COVID debate, we haven't really handled it great. Um, but luckily, we're, we're turning a corner, it seems, and I'll touch on that a little bit here in a second. But we were even able to figure out how to play golf. Us dumb Americans were able to figure out how to play golf safely outdoors. We put the little, you know, pool noodle things in the cups. And nobody touched the flagstick, whatever. And we were fine. You know, and, and in all reality, I, I can't think of a report or anything that, that suggested any type of, of COVID outbreak just from regular golf course play. You know, God only knows what happened at that Chainsmokers concert, but we won't go. We won't bring up old stuff. So here's why this is interesting to me uh, and why I felt it was, you know, worthy of actually talking about today. Here in America, uh, and I'm in Illinois, as uh, pretty much all of you know, we're turning the corner a little bit, despite all of the the mistakes that we made previously, where the CDC is now saying that masks for fully vaccinated people, both indoors and outdoors, may no longer be required. Now, at the time of this recording, no official announcement has been made. There have been uh, some some quotes and some rumors coming out of people who know, who are in the know, are saying that this is going to be uh, announced by the CDC soon. Hey, that's just a weird dynamic to me that our neighbors up north, at least in one province, and then us down here, th- there's such a difference there. Now, again, I work in healthcare during the day. I know a little bit about the data in, in you know different areas of the world. There seems to be more here, and that's the implication by the reporting coming out of, of Canada. There seems to be more here going on. Uh, and, and not to be all conspiracy theorist or anything like that. It just, it, at some point, things don't make sense to anybody, regardless, again, of where you land on whatever spectrum. Um, you know, and you can interpret that however you want. And so as as crowds begin to assemble more at golf course tournaments, or golf tournaments, I should say, here stateside. I mean, we just had the PGA Tour tournaments that are going on. We're seeing more people, especially through, you know, some of the warmer areas of the country. You know, we just had the Wells Fargo not too long ago. We've got the Byron Nelson going on this week. We've got the PGA Championship coming up. There are fans that are going to these places. And a lot of these states have already lifted their their mask mandates. Um, so, it's an encouraging thing to see as more people get vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I hope that all of you are at least planning to. I know that there's a fair amount of you that don't want to, whatever. Um, go get vaccinated, though, for crying out loud. Uh, and also, it's just going to help everyone get back to something that resembles normalcy. And having said all that, then we have got, we've got this thing going on in Ontario. It's just, wow. I hope they get things figured out over there because that is a a uh, golf mecca in terms of just interest and passion for the game. And again, not to uh, be too redundant, but like I said before, we figured out a way to give something to people to do outdoors. You've heard this argument so many times, spaced out more than six feet, certainly. It just seems like one of the safest activities that you can do with other people. I mean, we are a social species, uh, and, and actually do something outdoors, especially when everyone else around you, you know, this isn't one of those, if they jump off a bridge, are you going to? No, literally everyone else around you in your country are able to do it, but you can't. 
That seems really odd to me. So I know we've got a lot of uh, Canadian listeners. Um, send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. What is it that I'm not understanding? Hit me up on social at golfunfiltered. Let us know. Get involved in the conversation because there's just there's a lot of things that go on um, you know, outside the United States that I try to, to stay in tune with uh, as it relates to golf. And uh, this is one of those things that, despite my best efforts, I just cannot figure out. I really can't. And so I, I hope they get things figured out. Hopefully by the time that, you know, June 2nd rolls around, this entire conversation is a moot point. And people are able to get back in. Golf courses are able to reopen. Businesses are able to do what they need to do. You know, for those of us that have, have done everything we can to follow the rules and to, you know, follow the guidelines and everything, we gave a lot, you know, a full... 13 months, 14 months, hell, I don't even know how long now, probably longer. And many people that we know gave much more. And you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, we're trying to get back to something. So anyway, let me know what I'm missing there. Okay, switching gears back to golf. And the other big story that's been, you know, predominant on social media is just this fiasco. Probably one of the weirdest things that we've ever seen as it relates to uh, NCAA golf. And the modifier is important because the NCAA just goes above and beyond and and steps over itself, trying to outdo itself with stupidity, it seems like, as as often as it possibly can. For those who don't know the story, uh, according to Golf.com, and you saw this over on on Twitter, too, if you follow uh, any, really, any golf uh, account on there, uh, the NCAA Division I's uh, Women's Golf Championships were being held in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, this area of the country was just battered with a deluge of rain uh, over a significant amount of time to the event, or to the extreme, rather, that uh, they actually took on about seven inches of rain, which is not insignificant. That That is a lot of rain. Um, so what ended up happening then is uh, this NCAA committee representative on site, his name is Brad Hurlbutt. Sorry, Brad. Um, he comes out on the steps and it's what's going to be one of the most infamous scenes probably in the history of NCAA women's golf comes out and he basically says, you know what? The course is playable, but it's not playable at a championship level. And, uh, long and short of it before a single shot was hit. And despite Mr. Uh, Hurlbutt saying that uh, it was one of the most gut-wrenching decisions that he has to make. They canceled the whole thing, the whole 54-hole tournament. Everyone that was there, all the teams, all the schools that were there playing in this regional, didn't get to hit a shot. They called it, and they allowed the top, I believe, six teams per ranking, like the pre-tournament ranking, to move on. Now, what was the worst part about about the video on social was that you got to hear all the athletes. They're all standing around this, this clubhouse, I assume is what it was. And there's this staircase and he's on there along with some other uh, representatives, I assume from the NCAA giving this speech. And then all the athletes around were just, you can hear gasps, you can hear outcry, you can hear frustration. I believe at one point there was a chant saying, you know, let them play or let us play something to that degree. It was just a horrible scene overall. Needless to say, he probably shouldn't have come out and said that it's a playable course. And then anything after that, regardless of whatever he said, wasn't going to be heard. 
because nothing else really mattered if the course was playable. Play the tournament. Now, I don't know what the forecast was for the next few days. I, you know, we can only go off of what we saw on social. I'm sure there were people there, of course, that could probably speak a little bit more intelligently uh, on this as to the course conditions. But how bad was it? I mean, what is championship level or championship playable or whatever, however we put it? The fact of the matter is, is that if there wasn't just standing water everywhere, and he was still able, and you were still able to go hit a golf shot and play it, they they needed to. That would have been the right thing to do. But despite all of that, I think the worst part, at least for me, of the whole thing was that he makes this announcement, and it's not just him. Like I said, there were others around him too. He's just the one that was speaking. He makes the announcement, doesn't take a single question, just turns around and walks right back up the steps and goes inside, leaving all of the athletes there to be like, okay, well, now what the hell do we do? And yeah, I mean, people were upset. Of course they were, and they should be. The outcry has been significant, and it's been going on. I mean, it's just a couple days now at the time of this recording. I'm sure it's going to continue. We're already seeing things like the uh, the guys over at Barstool. You love them or hate them. I mean, they're they're going to put something together in Arizona, I believe it's next week, to um, uh, invite all these teams and individuals to come and play a regional of some sort. I think that's fantastic. But the immediate reaction from the uh, from the athletes, you know, again, according to golf.com here, I mean, people were saying this is a joke. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And essentially, thank you for ending our careers. This is a big deal for these uh, for these women, uh, especially the seniors, of course, who rely on these opportunities for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons. And of course, we hope that we can see, you know, a, a certain number of them go on to perhaps even professional careers, see them on television. I mean, there's a ton of strong players that are obviously going to be or were going to be in the field. And it's just another glowing example, unfortunately. And, you know, I, I, I hate to draw these parallels, but I'm going to. It's another example of, you know, sitting back and just thinking, what if? What if? This were the men's championship. I know there's probably some of you listening to this. You're cringing, probably rolling your eyes. Oh, there he goes again. But seriously, I mean, who who does that? Who says that a course is playable and then doesn't allow you to step on the course? That doesn't make any sense. I guarantee you that wouldn't have happened. I guarantee you. And if you think differently, I, I tell me how I'm wrong with that. I mean, this is a reason why we have a rule book, Right. I mean, there are rules that are built in as much as we like to tear that thing apart. And sometimes we would love to literally, there are rules about casual water. There are rules about relief that were written exactly for this purpose. In fact, one of the coaches on site, uh, Michaela Tatman, she's a coach over at Tulsa. She actually shared a, uh, a video on social about, of the fairways. Yeah, they're wet. They're definitely wet, but they're not underwater. I mean, anyone who's ever played after a rain storm, regardless of how much rain was taken, I mean, you're going to be able to still play. Just watch your footing. And again, I go back to the fact that we have rules that help players, especially in competition, to get past stuff like this. Later on, the NCAA actually issued an official statement. And I'll just go through it very quickly here if you've not seen it. The NCAA Division I Women's Golf Committee 
regrets that the 2021 uh, NCAA Division I golf, uh, Women's Golf Championships Regional in Baton Rouge could not be conducted as scheduled this week. The University Club, the course that it was taking place at, has taken on over seven inches of rain in the past several days. The Division I Women's uh, Champion, or Committee, rather, uh, NCAA staff and the Games Committee in Baton Rouge have been in constant communication throughout the past several days about the course conditions that have led to this unprecedented and most difficult decision. Committee policy states, and this is the kicker here, so pay attention. Committee policy states that since play could not take place on Wednesday, advancement will be determined by the original seating of teams used for selection to the 2021 championship with the top six teams and top three individuals, because it is a team and individual uh, competition, not on an advancing team going to the national championship. So here's my question. If you're an athlete, and if I don't know if anyone listens to this and is uh, falls into that category of who were actually there, is that how you want to advance? I've never played college golf. I've not competed at that level ever. But I would imagine that the answer to that question is no. You want to go out and you want to play your best and you want to prove that you can beat the others that you're up against and earn that spot in the national championships. I mean, am I going out on a limb there and saying something that's completely wrong? I don't know. You let me know. You know how to get a hold of me. I've already told you at Golf Unfiltered on social as well as Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. But I am willing to bet that these players wanted to play. In fact, as I mentioned earlier about the coach from Tulsa who shared the videos, multiple players took to social and shared photos of the quote-unquote unplayable golf course. And it looked looked pretty darn nice, actually. And, you know, obviously the bigger conversation here is something I touched on before. Uh, would this have happened had it been a men's uh, championship? I still think no, and I think many of you would agree with that. And I hate to draw those parallels, like I said, too. I mean, that is not a an argument uh, or a way to get into one or to enter a debate. You know, that's not a good stance to take. I, I've never believed that, you know. Whenever we see anything, whether it be related to golf, sports, society, anything, you know, whenever anyone compares it to, well, what about this? What about that? This thing happened. So, you know, you're gonna, you know all that kind of stuff. It's just a very tired argument. It's, it's, it's very easy to get into and does not require a lot of thought. But the other side of me thinks, like, I mean, why do things to even open the door of possibility? Why Why make a decision like this when you could have very easily confirmed the opposite was true in terms of the playability of the golf course. I mean, we all have cameras on us at every given moment. Did they not think, did they truly not think? Well, I I think the real answer is no, they didn't. But did they really not understand that players were going to do exactly what happened? Share pictures, share videos, outcry was going to be huge and now it's a matter of all right well we just make the announcement probably wait a few days let people get some stuff off their chest come out with some other statement apologizing things and then all of a sudden it's all going to go away isn't that pretty much the playbook we can already see it unfolding and it may unfold by the time that you're listening to this podcast on a monday i'm recording this uh the thursday before it's just i don't know Golf gets in its way so many times. And the uh, the two topics that we talked about today 
are just glaring examples of that. You know, sometimes common sense isn't very common, is it? At any rate, as always, share your thoughts, get involved in the conversation. Let's keep it going. I, I am not shy about sharing my thoughts on those things. You can reach out to me on social, especially on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered, and send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com, and we can continue the conversation there if you'd like. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a few new a few new guests coming up. We've got uh, Chris Kosky from Adele Golf coming up very soon. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the fantastic adjustable Adele wedges, uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything there, but we're still just working on a great time for us to get. Uh, it's hard to get the, the schedules meshed up these days. You know, the world's changing again. It's it's just, it's going to be tough. Uh, and on that point, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen in regard to my schedule, um, you know, for the purposes or for the reasons I mentioned earlier regarding masks and CDC guidelines and all that and the world changing again. Uh, I always try to be pretty transparent for, with you guys. Um, it's not something that I do uh, full time here. It's something that I enjoy all the time, but not something I do full time. And so I'm going to try my best to keep these episodes coming out regularly um, with any sort of consistency. Uh, if there's a week or two that get missed, trust me, everything's fine. It's just kind of readapting to what the world's going to be like once businesses open at full capacity and people continue to return to work to the office, you know. There's still no official decree as far as what we're going to do for my job, but I imagine that that's probably going to be coming soon. So I just uh, leave that out there. Um, I'll keep you up. I'll keep you up to date, but you'll still get content from golfandfilter.com. And as I mentioned, go out to secondcitygolf.com to pick up some merchandise, you know, support your, uh, your friendly, opinionated, <laughs> uh, independent golf media sites like Golf Unfiltered, Driving Range Heroes, and our friend uh, Chris McEwen. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back again soon.